This morning, I want to look at why some people haven't been getting the promises of God to be fulfilled in their life. I think the psalmist David gave us some insight into this in Psalm 37, five, 1 through 5. Do not fret because of evildoers, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him. Now, the New Living says, don't worry. And so, same thing. But if you uh, commit everything you do to the Lord and trust him, he'll help you. That's the last part of that in the New Living. Now, these verses tell us two things. The first in verses one and two tells us what we should not do. Secondly, in three, four, five, it tells us what we should do. Now, if you're going to be successful in receiving from what God has for you, you're going to have to learn to follow God's instructions. Now, we've got to learn not to fret and worry or fuss about anything or what others are doing. Now I realize that Psalms 37 one says, I'm gonna read the New Living, don't worry about the wicked or, the, or envy those who wrong. Now I know this is talking about those that are not born again, but I want to switch this over and talk about as believers, as children of God. You see, it doesn't matter what somebody else says or what somebody else is doing or what somebody else receives that, and, and I guess growing up in the church, being there all my life, I've seen people that get jealous because another brother or sister in the Lord received a blessing. They get jealous of I've been believing God and I hadn't got no blessing. You know, they start complaining and going on. So I want to sort of use the, the, this as a platform to talk about how that sometimes Christians stop up their own receiving of blessings because they're fretting and worrying and so forth and so on. Now I learned from a man by that I'm named after. And I believe my dad was one of the greatest masters on how to live a worry-free life. In fact, I did a series on that and they put it in a book said, How to Live Worry-Free. I watched him as he faced all the challenges that he faced, but he, he refused to ever worry about it or even be concerned about it or even fret about it. This helped me into, into what I do. I cast my cares on the Lord and that's it. I'm not fretting, I'm not worrying, I'm not about what somebody else said. I turn it over to the Lord. Now, 
you got to turn it over to the Lord and leave it there or he can't help you. You know, some people say, well, I'm turning it over to the Lord. The next thing you know, they've already picked it back up. Hello. You know, people say, well, I just can't do that. Well, yes, you can. Because verse, that first verse says to don't worry about it. Don't worry about what someone else is doing. Now, I know it says evil and, and envy, those are wrong, but I'm talking about being fretting because you don't see things happening the way you think they should happen. You don't see, you see some people getting blessed and you're not getting blessed, you know. Now, this is what the, these scriptures really are actually saying. Don't fuss and fret about this or that or whatever's going on. Don't get mad and upset at other people. You know, some people say they're trusting the Lord, but they spend all their time talking about the problem instead of talking about the problem solver. You know, people say, I'm trusting God. You can tell by the tone of their voice and by the, by the, reaction of their face that they're not really trusting God. They're just telling you what you think you want to hear. Come on now. You know, those people that are worrying and fussing and fretting about stuff, I got two words for them. Stop it. Come on now. Now, I'm not trying to be mean or anything. I'm just trying to help some people. You, you've got to stop hindering the blessings of God coming to you from the word by doing what the Bible tells you to do. You know, of course, I say it all the time. You hear me say it. My father, you go to him and you say, I say, hey, dad, what up? Man, man, look at this. What about this? He said, son, don't worry about it. What does the Bible say? And then uh, he might, at, right after that, he might say, hey, son, it's just another opportunity to prove that God's word works. Come on now. You know, you can't fuss and fret and worry about what someone else did or some, somebody else did and at the same time walk in faith. If you're going to walk in faith and receive the promises of God, you got to stop worrying, stop fretting about what's not happening and start believing God for what is going to happen and what is taking place. Even when you don't see it, even when you don't feel it, God is working. You know, some people, they live so much by sight that they... They, they hinder their own blessing because they don't, if they can't, if they can't see it, they don't believe it. In fact, I had a person say to me, and I heard, I've heard them say it a lot of times in all these years of ministry. They said, you know, they believe in for healing and been prayed for. And I said, well, when are you going to start believing it? When I see it. 
What are you going to start believing it when you see it? You have it. You don't have to believe for it. Faith is an, a belief that cannot be shaken, whether you can see it, feel it, taste it, touch it, smell it, or whatever. You believe God's Word. God's Word always works. Hello. You know, now, when you start talking like that, somebody will say, well, you need to face reality. Well, you know, I'm not trying to minimize it. It's there. It's real. I'm not denying the problem. I'm not denying the circumstances and the situations because we all have trials and adversities. In fact, Jesus said in John 1633, he said, I've told you these things because you're going to have trouble. I'm just going to paraphrase it. Trouble, trials in this life. But take heart. I have overcome the world. You know, you know, numerous times the enemy attacks us. But why do we want to spend all our time talking about the problem, giving the devil glory, when we should be talking about God that's bringing the the promise to reality in your life? You know, I heard this story. Missionary come off the field and speaking at a missionary convention in their denomination. And he got up and gave a glowing report of what God was doing there. And later, afterwards, someone said, I'm sure you faced many problems, difficulties. Why didn't you tell us about those things? The missionary replied, I don't want to give the devil that much attention. I don't want to testify about what the devil's doing. When we continually talk about our problem and continue to talk about the trial, Talk about our circumstances, our situations. I mean, we, we're giving more attention to the devil than we are to the Word of God. You know, what I believe David is trying to get across here, and he's, he, he actually says it, we have to stop focusing on the problem and what's all's going wrong and start focusing on what God has said. You know, putting our trust in the Lord until his promises come to pass. Psalm 37, we'll go to three through five now. I'm gonna read that from the New Living Translation. Trust in the Lord and do good. Then you'll live safely in the land and prosper. That's something else. Trust in the Lord and do good. Then you'll live safely in the land and prosper. That's something you need to take heed of. Take delight in the Lord and he'll give you your heart's desires. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him and he will help you. Here, I believe that David is speaking from his personal experience if you study the life of David. He had to trust God in many, many different situations in his life. Even to the fact when his own son was trying to overthrow him 
and take over the kingdom. He kept trusting God. In reading these verses, we see sometimes, and actually studying the word, that as we begin to believe, everything doesn't actually happen immediately. Thank God for when it does. But in the Gospels, when Jesus is talking and there's healing taking place, the Bible says that some were healed instantly, but some were healed as they went, and some began to amend from that hour. So everything is not always instant. But no matter what it is, you've got to continue to believe God. When I ha- I'm out on the road in my crusades and I have our conference, let me live in faith conferences. I got to learn to say that. They, they told me that's the new thing to say. Don't C- crusade is old school. <laughs> With my son and daughter and then five grandsons from 18 to 29, I, I, I keep up with all that's going on in the world. <laughs> but I tell people, if you haven't received immediate results, keep believing God and keep saying, the healing power of God's working in my body to affect the healing and the cure. The healing power of God's working in my body to affect the healing and the cure until it comes to pass. I learned from my dad and it's, you can get it back there. I pulled it, I pulled it out of, a, of a, a series and put it into one tape, I mean one CD now for him back there. Faith for saying it for finances. He would say, pray and said, I thank you, Lord, that the word of God says that this, that, and what the word says. And he says, thank you, minister and spirits for going to cause the finances to come. And he would keep saying it and keep saying it. And that's where I learned it. In fact, I got a message I got out of what he preached. Say it till you see it. That's trusting. That's believing God. Now, I'm going to tell you what. When you start to believe God and trust in God, it's not going to be an easy road because the enemy is trying to do everything he can to discourage you from receiving what this Bible says belongs to you as a born-again believer. Hello? When the going gets difficult, you got to keep trusting God. When you don't see it, you got to keep trusting God. When something goes wrong and heads sideways, you got to keep trusting God. No matter what happens, no matter what it looks like, what happens, you keep trusting God. The, The key in this verse three, trust God and do good. Verse four, delight yourself in the Lord. Verse five, commit your way to God and keep trusting him. See, if you want to see the word of God and what it says belongs to you, finances, healing, protection, and on the list goes, you got to 
realize that the enemy will keep coming at you and keep coming at you and keep coming at you because he hates anything that is connected with God. He tried to overthrow God. God kicked him out. You can read that there in Isaiah, him falling from there. And he is trying to destroy. John 10, 10. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. You got to realize that. And you got to believe the last part where Jesus said, listen, I have come over, I have overcome the devil. I'm bringing you the good life. You know, you have to decide ahead of time before the problems come, before fear comes in, before anything happens, you have to decide, I believe God, that's it. You know, right here in the file of this Bible, the saying that I got from my dad, the Bible says it, I believe it, that settles it. K.E. Hagen, K.W. Hagen. I put it in my Bible. I, he had it in his, in the, right in the fly leaf, so I said, I put it in mine, and he just signed his name. Well, I said, okay, I'll give him credit, and then I'm going to put my name underneath there. I believe that. Somebody said, that's sort of simplistic. Well, if it is, it's worked for me for 84 years. So uh, you come too late to tell me that the Word of God don't work. I started preaching it when I was 18 and I'm still preaching it and I'll keep preaching it till the Lord takes me home. Hello. You know, you have to decide ahead of time. There was three guys in the Bible, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And there in, in the, here in chapter three of Daniel and 16th verse, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not defend ourselves before you. If we are thrown in the blazing furnace, God, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he does not, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you set up. That's pretty strong. They refuse to bow. And their commitment was, even if God doesn't deliver us, we're still not going to, to deny him and his existence. Well, I say it like this. They had to go in the fire but they came out of the fire. Sometimes we go into the trial, but when we keep trusting and believing God, we come out of the situation. 23rd Psalm says, yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death. Don't say set up camp. Say walk through. How do you walk through? With the strength and the power of God. That's how you walk through. See, their walk of faith, their belief in their Jehovah God 
didn't keep them from facing the difficulty and actually being in the difficulty. But in the middle of the difficulty, he came and rescued them. You see, God will bring the promises to pass if you will commit everything to him and follow him no matter what. Now, we, that's easy to say, but that's hard to do when you're facing situations. First time I ever went to Kenya, we landed in Nairobi and the, the guy picked us up in a little small plane that was going to take us to Kasumu. And we started to land at Kasumu and there was a storm coming. He turned and he went over and landed on, on a grass field. And he said, I got to beat this storm back to Nairobi. He said, y'all get out there and see that road, flag somebody down. One of those deals and go into the Caricho and go to the Caricho hotel and you'll find, get some transportation to get you on over to, to Kasumu. Well, there we are standing out beside of a road in the middle of Kenya and I don't even know where I'm at. Hello. Got our bag and we're standing there. Well, we've flagged one of those deals down. It's, it's really just a pickup with a deal on the back and they, they haul people. And so uh, get in there. Three guys, big guys. And they're looking at our luggage and my camera case. Back then, it was a 35 millimeter. It had all kinds of, of different lenses and all that. <clears throat> and uh, I just, under my breath, I started saying, Lord, I thank you for protection. And I sat there a minute, and all of a sudden, I, something on inside said, get that candy bar out that you bought in London. Well, it, it, I don't know whether you ever seen it, but it's about that long and about that wide. Anybody, any of y'all ever seen those? And he said, offer, offer them some. But he said, you break a bite off and eat it yourself first and then offer it to them. That's what I did. And when I did that, their frowns turned into smiles and I was fine. <laughs> we got a taxi to take us from Caricho, uh, me and the person traveling with me, to Kasumu. And I just, I mean, I hadn't, had any, I hadn't been to bed. I left uh, New York flew to London, was there all day, flew out of London that night. Now this is the, we got there and this is the next night and I haven't been to bed. And when I got, that, we got in that taxi and I said, okay, Lord, thank you for protecting us. Thank you for getting us to our final destination. And I went to sleep. And when I drove back over those roads, I saw God really did take care of us because there was 
those things, they were narrow, and it was raining that night anyway, and it could have slipped off a 1,000-foot drop-off. Brother Silas Owiti, when he heard what we were doing, because we, we got some inf- somehow I got the information to him. I don't remember how it was. He immediately called a bunch of the people at the church and had them come and start praying. And when I got there, he told me, he said, he said, that's the most dangerous thing you could have done. Now, I'm talking about 1977, okay? He said, people do that all the time and nobody ever sees them again. He said, that's why I got the church come here and start praying. <laughs> but you see, I trusted God. I've been in many situations like that. But you've got to learn to like these three Hebrew children. They went in there. Daniel, he went in the lion's den, but he came out of the lion's den. What we need to realize is that when we start trusting God, then it's that or nothing. If you deviate the least, you have to start all over again. Sort of like down there in, the, in Texas where I come from, at Blackland, North Central Texas. If it gets wet, you're going you, to get stuck. Because the saying is, if, if you stick with it when it's dry, it'll stick to you when it's wet. And that's the truth. Anybody from North Central Texas, Blackland and North Central Texas? I don't see nobody. But... <laughs> And you get stuck. Maybe you've done this in some sand or something, but we'd be pushing that car and we just about get it up out of the, you know, the rut and we lose our strength and it slide back down. That's what happens when you're trusting God and saying, I'm believing God and thank God and you're confessing the word and you're just about to make it and then you, you say something that releases your faith and you slide back down. And now the hole is deeper and you got to do it all over again. Keep trusting God. I don't know how to say it in articulate speech, but I don't know that tenacity. You just, I'm gonna trust God. I call it bulldog tenacity. A bulldog, a lot of dogs, actually. You give them a bone, they grab on it. You can lift them, plumb off the ground, baby. They won't turn that bone loose. They say, I don't know, I read this. I don't know whether it's true or not. But they say to catch monkeys sometimes, they'll drill a hole in a coconut and, the mon- and put something in there and the monkey will stick his hand in there and get a hold of it, but he can't get his hand back out as long as he's holding that and he won't turn it loose. That's what you got to do when you start believing God and trusting God. You got to say, whatever comes or whatever don't come, I am not recanting. I am not saying going back. I'm going to stand firm. In fact, the word of God says, after having done all, stand. You know, it's sort of like... (laughs) You got to just, when you're in tug of war, you got to dig your heels in and hang on. You got to make up your mind. The enemy 
cannot and will not cause me to recant, lose my faith. You know, I went in, I lost my deferment at college and when I had to go in the, in, in the army, I left Dallas, Texas, there was a whole busload of us going to Fort Leonard, Missouri. And I told them, I said, man, mo- I was older than most of them. Most of them were just 17, 18. I was already 23. And I said, boys, you better make up your mind right now. No sergeant or nothing's going to break you because they said they're going to do everything they can to break you down. I said, they won't break me. I watched some of them break. I tell you what, I was determined before I got there because I had two uncles that had been in the war, war <laughs> been in World War II, and they're the ones that told me, said, son, make up your mind right now before you get there. You got to make up your mind before you ever start asking God for whatever it is you need. You got to make up your mind that nothing will deter you from receiving the blessing of God that he said belongs to you. Come on now. You see, I believe God will bring to pass every promise in the word. We used to sing some chorus. I can't remember. I'm not a singer, so I can't remember. My wife, she know. I mean, she's like me. She was raised in the church. I was born Sunday morning, September the 3rd, 1939. I was in my dad's church the next Sunday, and I've been there ever since. Okay? But they used to song, every promise in the book is mine. Every chapter, every verse, every line. Every chapter, every verse, every line. All of his blessings of his love divine. Every promise in the book is mine. I told you she knew she knows them all. In fact, on the road sometimes, she'll Patrick, thank God for Patrick when he's there because he knows all of them. But she'll turn to Anthony and Anthony Anthony knows a bunch of them, but she pulls some out that he didn't know here a while back. <laughs> but you got to believe that. Every promise in the book is mine. Hello. If God has it, you can have it. All you have to do is believe it and receive it. Hello. Man, you know, go, go to Hebrews 11 and 1 and look at all those people. Enoch trusted God. Noah trusted God. 120 years he trusted God. Enoch trusted until God took him. Abraham and Sarah trusted God for a son. 17 years or or whatever chronological report you want to go with, but basically most people say 17 years. Joshua trusted God until the dreams he had came to pass. And he had some opposition, didn't he? But look what happened because he trusted God. David kept trusting God. I mean, he had already been anointed king. 
And Saul chased him all over the country trying to get rid of him. But he kept trusting God. You know, I could talk about Daniel, Peter, James, John, Paul. All of them put their trust in God. Paul stood on the pitching rolling deck of that ship and said, gentlemen, I believe God. Come on. Today, God is looking for those that will be fully committed, trusting him, believing him, no matter what. Second Chronicles 16, 9 says in the New Living, the eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. Hearts are fully committed. Well, if you can, if you can be fully committed, then you can be halfway committed. But that's not going to get you anything. It's too soon to give up, to quit. Hebrews 10, 35, I already alluded to it, but we'll say it again. Don't throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward that it brings. Patience, endurance, patient endurance is what is needed now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you receive all he has promised. All I'm trying to do today is remind you of things that you already know, or most of you anyway. Peter said, as long as he was alive, Second Peter, he was going to remind his constituents, his people, of these things. And I will continue to remind you, even though you already know some of it, to be fully committed and to keep trusting God no matter what. I believe when you fully commit and trust in God, then you'll see God's rewards and his promise will flow in your life. And you'll see that what you've been believing for will come into fruition. And then you can shout and you can rejoice. But until then, keep trusting me and you'll see that I'll bring you out on the other side and it'll all be glory and it'll all be grand. And then you can walk and you can talk and you can run and you can jump and you can praise the Lord because your faith has seen you through. Glory to God. Hallelujah to Jesus.